So God is good, amen? amen. All right, we're going to go to John 10. John 10 today. And um, last week we talked about uh, running our race. And how many know you got a race to run? And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of excuse we have. doesn't matter what goes on around us, which there's a lot of stuff that goes on around us. We're not making light of anything. There's all kinds of stuff that pulls at you day in and day out. But if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're, you're not running your race. Pretty soon you're, you're just, uh, you know, letting life run you. And uh, so we talked quite a bit about that last week. And uh, today I'm going to talk some more about it, kind of spin off of some things we did last week and maybe look at a verse or two similar and then, uh, you know, just kind of uh, take it in another direction. Today I'm going to talk about uh, one of the statements that we had made toward the end of last week that uh, the key to life is making Him your life. Amen. Uh, that's what the Word says. If you make, you make Him your life, guess what? You have now have the key to life. Amen. Amen. And uh, so with that said, um, I'm going to read a, a couple common verses here uh, uh, today, uh, but we're going to maybe take a fresh look at them. Uh, verse 10 of John 10. Of course, there's more stuff being said in this text, and we might come back to this text before it's over with today. Uh, but it says this, that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I mean, that's what the thief does. In fact, that's kind of like, uh, you know, if you want to say maybe his, that's what he's all about. Amen. He's here, to, he's here to somehow hinder your life, somehow take your life, somehow ruin your life. That's what he does. I said that's what the thief does. All right? He's not concerned about your life. All right? But he's here to mess up your day. But Jesus said, he goes on to say, I have come that they may have life. In other words, the enemy's trying to take life. The enemy's trying to destroy your life. The enemy's trying to take and, and uh, you know, to somehow hinder your walk or your life. You know, as we said last week, hinder maybe your race. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Um, now, let's look at a couple uh, other translations here. The message translation, let's just read a few of these. The thief, or a thief, is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so, uh, so they can have real, I love that, real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. All right, and that's good news, right? Let's see uh, another translation. How about the Amplified, maybe? The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. They may have life and enjoy life, right? And have it in an abundance. It says, it goes on to say, to the full till it overflows. And that's the Amplified. How about the New Living? I think that's the other one I gave you. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. All right? Now, what kind of life do you want? Now, uh, the word life in this text, if you go back to the New King James, and, uh, you know, that they may have life and have it more abundant. Now, Jesus called it an abundant life. Uh, John, or, uh, Paul called it a life of God, he called it. That was one of his phrases. He called it the life of God. The word life itself is a Greek word, zoe, which uh, the word zoe, 
uh, means absolute life. Okay, now the word, reason it uses absolute, um, it may say, uh, define as pure life. Um, but pure or absolute, the reason it's used is because it's the absence of. So if they're like absolute zero or absolute cold, I don't know how they word that, it means that there's the, the absence of heat. Okay, so in this case, absolute life or pure life is the absence of death, the absence of darkness, or the absence of the curse. Again, Jesus refers to it here as the abundant life. The word abundant in this reference is refers to something exceedingly beyond. All right, super abundant means superior in quality or literally means the advantage, which is good news, right? See, in the kingdom of God, there's no shortcuts, but there's a whole bunch of advantages. And uh, so this life that he's talking to you about is a life that even though the enemy uh, is trying to take life, he's trying to give life. Now, uh, part of this uh, came out um, due to some things. I, I brought it out last week um, and, you know, kind of made my apologies before I brought it out. And uh, maybe I'll do it again, I guess, that, uh, you know, my heart is never to, uh, uh, you know, have anybody feel like you're preaching down their throat. Uh, but um, a common phrase that I've heard over the last 30 years of ministry, uh, and just you know, recently heard quite a few conversations about it, uh, but uh, the common phrase of, you know, life just happens. Of course, some people, you know, made it a little bit more decorative. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, the point is, uh, you know, life just happens. Well, uh, that's a lot of times people's excuses. They're moving along and and pretty soon uh, we're not moving like we should. We're not doing what we should. We're not running our race. Why? Because life is just happening. Well, they're not talking about Zoe life. Because Zoe life doesn't happen to you. Zoe life happens through you. In other words, you determine what kind of life you're going to live. But when life's just happening to you, all right, you have to understand when life itself, now this word, that word life, as the world would refer to as life, um, it's a word that means an individual's animate existence, a being or in being, I-N, being, in being, which refers to a normal everyday existence. So we're not talking about living a normal everyday existence. That's what the world does. All right, they just, you know, they live life and hope, you know, that, that it all pans out in the end. Um, a lot of Christians live that way. Um, that's not how we're called to live. Uh, let me try that one more time, see if anybody heard me. Um, that's not how Christians should live. Um, you know, Christians, amen, amen, live, amen, with Zoe life flowing through them. Why? Because they've made him their life. See, it's the key to living. It's the key to life. See, if we're just going to let life happen to us, you have to understand that it's a wide open door for the enemy to just happen to us. It's a wide open door for the curse to happen to us. Are you still with me? All right. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll bring this out. Um, a lot of times, you know, over the years, uh, folks have, you know, kind of, you know, they somehow or another, they, 
Uh, I'm talking about Christians now. Not, I'm just talking about, you know, not the world, but the Christians. Um, a lot of times they will try to, um, um, oh, analyze their, their life in a way where maybe they might um, begin to define their priorities in life, you know, what's most important. And they might make a list of, of the priorities. And, um, you know, though a lot of times, because they're Christians, they know enough to say God on top. Now, nowhere in the Word does it say you're supposed to do this. I'm talking about make a list, okay, because, but it's just what they do. You know, we just think we start, you know, you know trying to define life. And so we go, you know, well, God's on top, family's second, church third. Well, wait a minute. You just made God third. No, no, God's top. No, you can't separate God and His ways and His principles. Let me try this side over here because this side here is not getting it. <laughs> Amen. You know, because you just, you just never know. So maybe, you know. So, you know, a lot of times we try to define it. And they go, God on top. Well, I just suggest right there, stop. Just make God top, period. And all the rest of it will come in line. So he's trying to do is give you the key to life. The key to life is making him your life. You make him your life, you now have the key to life. Everything else now works. Are you hearing me? Now listen. <clears throat> the word is pretty clear that God's all about family. He's all about you having a job. Okay, let's try to say one more time. Somebody said, oh, I don't believe that. Yeah, God's all about you working, putting, applying your hands to things. He's all about it. Amen. But, uh, you know, how many know that if anything takes a priority over him, the word says you'll lose it? So you might have, you know, you may, uh, you know, love your family and, and your family has priority. And, uh, but the problem is, see, when you, when you put him or your family above him, it's only a matter of time you're going to lose your family. It happens every time. Now, is it because God takes your family away? Is it because God takes your job away? Is it because God takes your boat away? Is it because God takes your increase away? Is it God coming into your fields and stealing? <clears throat> Who does that? The thief. See, there's, there's two ways of living. Now, you can let life happen to you, or you can let life happen through you. And you have to determine what you're going to live. See, if you're just going to let life happen to you, the thief has an open door. What you compromise to gain, you'll ultimately lose. Why? Because the thief has an inroad. Listen, you put God first, the word's real clear. Everything else will chase after you. Everything you want. And even literally brings out everything the Gentiles are seeking. Everything the world's going after. It'll all chase you if you just chase him. Okay, now I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But anyway, what kind of life do you want? Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm glad you came out on a Sunday morning. Praise God. We're going to go to the book of Acts now. And we're going to take a look at some things here. Chapter 17. Amen. 
Book of Acts, chapter 17. Another common verse. Uh, it says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. Amen. And, of course, he's talking to the, uh, the, the, you know, the people there at uh, Athens. And he says, uh, As also some of you, your own poets have said, For we are, uh, we are also His offspring. Talking about God. Amen. So we're the offspring of God. We're children of God. We even sang about that today. Praise the Lord. Now, in context of what's going on here today, um, in, in this text, I mean, is that uh, there, uh, Paul's at Athens, and Athens is kind of a, uh, you know, a hub of all kinds of stuff and activity going on, pretty major city. You know, we all know that. And uh, so uh, there's all kinds of activity going on. And what they like to do there at Athens is they have this place in the city. Where everybody goes and they come and bring all their philosophy and all their ideas and all their creative things that they've heard and the things they know and the things that they believe. And, and they try to, you know, give everybody that's there listening, you know, an earful, praise God. And all their people there listening are, are there with their ears open and they're there knowing that we're going to hear whatever this person or that person has to say. And we'll, you know, sit back and, and you know, analyze it and, and you know, decipher it for ourselves and, and then add it to the, uh, the repertoire of our, our own information and understanding of things. And, and, you know, and we go from there. See, it's no different than today. We're in an information age. Except we don't go to the center of the city to get it. We just open up our iPad. Nowadays, it's just plug in your phone and turn it on, and we got more information at our fingertips and, uh, you know, than they've ever had in the history of the world. And uh, so everybody's drawn on this and drawn on that. And, and uh, if you don't watch it pretty soon, you're so busy trying to find information that you're missing the point. And uh, so it's no different. You're sitting here trying to hear what everybody else has to say instead of hooking up with the one that knows everything. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with finding information. Every now and then I do it. Every now and then I, I look at it. How do you fix this? Hmm. I look it up. I just, just plug in, fix this. You know, and I got 14 opinions on it. You know? Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, all kinds of information there. It's just at your fingertips, you know. Uh, you know, uh, I like hot rods and motorcycles, and so every now and then I, you know, take a look at some of that, you know, just kind of drool at all the kind of cool things and the creativity of people have and, and how to make something look cooler. And, and, and there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, ways to, to build things and do things. And is, is it DIY? Is that what it is? Do it yourself. That's DIY. That's it. And, you know, all kinds of creative things you can do. You can take an old dresser and make it look cool. And lately looking at something like so you could work with epoxy and, and some, make some cool, cool things. All that's wonderful. So we're not taking away from all that. You, but uh, I've just found that sometimes we get so wrapped up in trying to draw information about every other thing. In the meantime, we're not running our race. We're too busy gaining more information. So the idea is to, to position ourselves in Him. Amen. This word, in Him, it actually literally means to position oneself. It means, the word means a fixed position or a fixed place in Him. It refers to a relation of rest in other words, not work, toil, or labor in that sense, but in a sense of learning how to just 
fix ourselves, position ourselves, amen, put ourselves in Him, amen, right, to rely, to depend on Him, to, to be assured, amen. That's what, all that kind of wraps into this thing. Everybody say, in Him. Now, you notice it didn't say in religion. It didn't say in programs. Nothing wrong with, with programs. Come on, there's some out there, some great ones. It didn't say in stuff or in wealth. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you, don't, you know, it's not, not being in wealth or in, in, in stuff, right? Come on. Uh, you know, it didn't say this. It didn't say in vacation. Nothing wrong with vacation. I think everybody should get a vacation. Amen. I think everybody should get to go where they want to go. You want to go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii. You want to go to Disneyland, go to Disneyland. You want to go back to Nebraska? Pray about it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter where. It all depends what you're going back for, right? Come on. Now, yeah, I know. I better watch that. I'm going to get in trouble. For all you uh, Husker fans, I apologize. I love you. Anyway, praise the Lord. Anyway, in Him it says, amen. I mean, no, it didn't even say in your family. Nothing wrong with your family, but it's not in your family that we live and move and have our being. It's in Him. Everybody say, in Him. Amen. See, it's in Him. We've got to position ourselves in Him, praise God. He is the key to our life. Amen. Hallelujah. We read a couple verses last week, and it just clearly said, you know, He's our life. He's it. Amen. The key to our life is making Him our life. And the more you make Him your life, the more you can start living. Now, all the other things, the family, the vacation, the, the stuff, the, the job, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the program, the, uh, you know, the, the work, the, the serving, the service. I mean, all the stuff that wraps around all that all comes out of our time in Him. That's how it works. If you don't, if you're not in Him and you're trying to live and move and have your being, then it's only a matter of time. Now life's running you. Pretty soon now you're overwhelmed, overworked, stressing out. Come on, somebody. Trying to do your own thing to try to fix it. Listen, if you're going to go on a vacation, you might as well enjoy the thing. Somebody says, well, it takes me at least four days where I finally, well, why is that? You should be able to go there that first day and, woo, we're having fun. Right? Now, listen, I get it. I understand that. But the bottom line is, listen, if we're, we're not, we're, our, our freedom and our, our life is not based on, you know, getting to, 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 uh, to Fiji. Is that right? Fiji? Is there Fiji a place? Is it Fiji? It's a mountain. Okay, what about the island one? Fuji. There's Fuji and Fiji. Fiji and Fuji. Well, if you want to go to Fiji or Fuji, whatever. The point is, if you're going to go there, you might as well enjoy the whole trip. So you got to be, you know, you got to already be positioned in Him. Amen. I mean, if you're going to have family time, you might as well enjoy it. Somebody said, well, you don't know my family. I don't know your family probably, but I might. 
I might be able to relate. Come on. The point is this. If you're positioned in him, you can enjoy that too. Well, pastor, I just got all this stuff weighing on me. Well, I don't doubt it one bit. There's a lot of stuff out there. Well, how do you deal with it? Well, the key to life is making him your life. So if you position yourself in him, come on, you'll find that life gets a whole lot better. Now, are you still with me? I know we're kind of hanging here a little bit, but in him we live. Now, the word live there, praise God, hallelujah, means to have life or experience life, to enjoy life, amen, hallelujah, to actually have that abundant life, amen. It's in him that we have that life. I mean, we've kind of been touching on that quite a bit over the last week and today, amen, that in him we have life. Now, he's telling these men or these people he's talking to, probably not just men there at Athens, but he's talking to them that, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at this and at that and at this, but he says, I'm coming to you at the one that actually gives life. You're out here trying to get life. I'm coming to you at the one that actually, amen, is life. Amen. So if we can position ourselves in him, you'll have life. Praise God, right? Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in him we live. In him we move. Okay, now that word move uh, just literally means to, to be stirred or driven uh, to move forward. It refers to an incentive or motive, all right, a motivation. Amen. See, in him we have life. And in him, amen, we're, we have motivation. Somebody says, well, I just don't feel real motivated. You know, I just don't have energy like you, Pastor. Well, some days I don't feel like I got a lot of energy either. So I found out there's one thing that works. I spend time with him in the morning. I get a whole lot less sleep than probably most of you in this room. I don't say that to brag. I just say I spend time with him. So what happens is it empowers me. All right? So when I get out away from my time with God, I've now been energized, not just spiritually, but physically. All right? So there's an empowerment that comes. There's a motivation that comes. Amen. Say, Pastor, you, your life's great. Ministry's great. And you, you all, well, listen, you, then you've never been in ministry. Because there's a lot of challenges that come with ministry. Somebody says, oh, Pastor, ah, it's all easy. That's right. It's all easy in Him. Come on now. Remember, I have to, I have to work with people. All right? Come on now. Come on now. I'm not, I'm not down on people. I love people. People are God's highest commodity. So people are important. But uh, some people are easy to work with and some are not. And um, I, I know this church are all easy. Yeah, yeah, in Him. Yeah, no, come on, we all have challenges. See, some of you work with the public. Some of you have jobs that you're, you're having to work with the public day in and day out. Is it always easy? It isn't because you have to work with the public. Because not everybody's, you know, moving in God. Not everybody got up early that morning and prayed. Not everybody's spiritual. Come on. Some people are, you know, more concerned about the life that's happening to them. Come on. Stuff that's going on around their life. They might have just had something happen. They might have just had a, a relational issue. They might have had a family issue. They may have had a financial dilemma. 
Uh, could be that depending on what your job is, you're there to fix something that, that busted down or broke down, and, and their, their fear or panic of, of finance or about the time elements or whatever it is that we're, they're dealing with. There's all kinds of things that go on. So, so what happens is there's pressure, pressure on them, which then ends up being on you because you're coming there to, to, to work with, you know, whatever. See, there's all kinds of things. The point is this, that regardless of what you have to deal with, regardless of what goes on every day, in Him we live and in Him we move. In Him we're motivated to move forward, to take ground. We're not a backup people. We're a move forward people. See, but if we're, not, if we're not in Him, we have a tendency that every time the pressure hits, we're backing up. And I've seen a many a believer back up. It's never a good thing to back up. Now I know, you know, we're, you know, one of them churches that, you know, kind of prods you every week. Come on, move! Come on, you can do this! Somebody say, oh, every time we go there, it's like, come on, let's go, come on, let's go. Move forward, move forward, move forward. I don't want it. Well, you know, it's better than getting up here and going, everybody back up. No, no, nobody wants to. No, the point is this. See, there's all kinds of things that go on in our life. And pretty soon it overwhelms you because if we're not in Him, we're not positioned in Him, then now life's happening to us instead of happening through us. And we're not, we're not determining what kind of life begins to manifest around us. Now it's all about what's happening, going on around, and it begins to overwhelm us. The other day I had a, um, a, 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 you know, well, a, an ex-parishioner uh, connect with me and, um, in a store. And um, it was all good. It's all great. Um, their family had, had pulled out of here a couple years back. And, and um, due to... You know, getting tired of everybody saying, move forward, keep serving, keep going, keep doing, keep giving, keep, 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 keep. Ah, I'm tired of it. I'm just done. So they, they backed up and, and they, you know, you know, thinking, you know, when they got backed up that, hey, I feel so free. Woo! I'm free. Free as a bird. I think there's a song about that. Anyway, free. Well, no, you're not. It looks good for a little while, but it doesn't stay that way because it's a wide open door. And here comes the thief. Now, you don't see it at first, but now they're seeing it. Now they're feeling it. And it's a sad thing. And um, um, a lot of mental torment going on, a lot of... Uh, um, fear, and all of a sudden, things now created a whole nother havoc within the marriage or within the family, and it didn't take long. Now, we're there, we're going to pray, we're going to believe God with them, and because uh, we love them, and, uh, you know, we're not going to stand back and go, see, he told you, come on, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about two sons? Two sons, hmm? and our, hearts, our arms are wide open, 
We're going to do everything we can, be a blessing to whoever we can. I don't care where we see them, wherever, but hopefully one day they walk back through the doors. That's our heart. Amen. But the point is this. You've got to determine what kind, of, what kind of life you want. You just want to exist and just let life happen to you? Or do you want to let life happen through you? Now, you have to determine that. But you've got to position yourself in Him. And when you do, we live and we move. We have, we're motivated and we have our being. We have our existence in Him. All right? Literally, that word there, I love this, uh, uh, the way this is defined. Uh, it means purpose of being or reason for existence. It even uses the word hope when you look up this word, um, uh, have, have our being, because it actually comes into one, one word there. Uh, so the writer here referred to it as having our being, all right? But it means hope. In other words, hope of a future, hope of purpose. Amen. It refers to have an identity. It's in Him. You know who you are. You not only have a life, praise God, you're not only motivated to move forward, but man, you begin to find out who you are. You find out where you're headed. You find out your purpose. You find your reason for existence, praise God. So every day you get up, man, you're like, hey, I'm going somewhere to happen, praise God. Life happens through me, not to me. Amen. It's a different ballgame. So it's a positioning yourself in Him. The life we're talking about, this Zoe life, that, this, this abundant life that Jesus talked about, this life of God that Paul talks about, is from the very get-go, it was established how it works. So with that, we're going to Deuteronomy chapter 30, please. Are you with me? Deuteronomy 30. This is how it works. Now, he just got done in... In context, uh, what's going on? They just God just laid out the blessing and the curse. He defined the blessing, defined the curse in chapter 28. <clears throat> and he makes this statement in verse 19 of chapter 30. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. In other words, I've, and nobody's going to be able to have an excuse. That's what he's saying. Nobody's going to be able to say, hey, I didn't know. I don't understand. I didn't know. Now, listen. Um, if you're here today, you ain't going to have that excuse either, right? Or if you're listening or watching by internet, there's no excuse. You're not going to be able to say, I just didn't know. No, I call heaven and earth right now as a witness, all right, against you that I have set before you that are life and death, the blessing and the curse, all right? Therefore, he makes a choice. He says, therefore, make a choice, right? Choose what? Now, that shouldn't be hard, right? I mean, we look at that, we think, well, yeah, duh. I mean, who would choose death? Who would choose the curse? I mean, really? Well, if you choose life, it says you want to choose life. Why? Because both you and your descendants are going to be affected by it. Am I right? Everybody say choose life. Now, how many know it's a no-brainer? But yet, every day, you got to choose life. Now, what kind of life do you think he's talking about? You think he's just talking about just normal existence? Or you think he's talking about this life of God? He's talking about the blessing. Do you know in the, in the text, writing the blessing and the, and the curse, he takes in chapter 28, he brings out some clarity about how, how the blessing manifests. But he says, in about, it just, it really, it's about like 12 verses. 
12, 13 verses in there, he defines the blessing. Because it's pretty simple. Cut and dry. Bless, 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 bless. Then it says, whew, you choose the other. And by not making a choice, you've made a choice. Just thought I'd throw that out there. All right. So anyway, the curse then takes like, you know, 50 verses to define. And he goes through and defines everything about sickness and disease, about, about family problems, marital problems, kid problems, business problems, financial problems, I mean, issues with, with those around you, issues with your neighbors. I mean, it just goes on and on. It just starts listing life that just happens to you. So what he's doing is he's trying to define what life do you want? Do you want life just to happen? Or do you want life to flow through you? Through the blessing? But you got to make a choice. All right? Verse 20. Okay. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life. And the length of your day. So he's making a clear, he's making a distinction there. I'm not just talking about making sure you live 100 years. See, he is your life and you'll have length of days. Got it? All right. And that you may dwell in the land, in other words, the promised land, which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. And how many know you all have a promised land promised to you? Okay. Now, the did I give you a new living? Do we have that one in this? Put that up there if you will, Kathy. So choose life, right? He said in verse 19. But then verse 20 in the new living, he said this, you can make this choice. I love how he words that. Okay, so he says, choose life. So he said, if we're going to choose life, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. So if we're talking about making God our life, which is the key to our life, it even brings out in this translation, amen, that this is the key to your life. This is how we do it. We make the choice by loving God. Everybody say, love God. Love God. Loving God. Obeying God. Everybody say, obey. And committing yourself firmly to Him. Everybody say, commit yourself to Him. Okay, so... Three things, okay? Now, the new translation, or probably the new uh, uh, King James translation says to love the Lord, obey Him, amen, and to cling to Him. That's the word he uses in there, to cling, all right? All right, so this is the key to your life, amen. This is the key, all right? Right here, from the very get-go, he defines the life, the blessing, how to do it. If you want that kind of life, you got to make him your life, and this is how you do it. You love him, you obey him, and you cling to him. See, if you're going to say, God's my life, then how, what does that mean? I mean, okay, well, how, how do you know God's your life? Well, because I love him, because I obey him, and because I cling to him. Okay? Right? We're just, right? Simple, right? Okay, so let's look at those things. So go back to New King James, uh, verse 20. If you will. Thank you very much. Okay, so let's take a look at this. Love God. 
All right? Love the Lord. That sounds, sounds simple, right? What does that mean, though? Well, let's, let's take a look at it. All right? Are you okay with this? Now, we're just, just how it works. So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm up here, I'm not just going to, you know, say, you know, make God your everything and then walk out of here and you don't have a clue. Well, well just what was said? Okay, well, uh, God's my everything. Right? Because a lot of people, that's what it is, right? That's why they put God on top of the list. Because they know as Christians, you've got to put God on top of the list or you're, you're going to go, everybody's going to go, you call yourself a Christian and didn't put God on top? Oh, yeah, yeah, God's on top, then family, then all the other God stuff. Well, then God's not your life. Oh, you're just saying that because you're the pastor. No, I was saying it before I became a pastor. I'm trying to give you the key to life. Because all the other things that you, you want on your list, family, job, financial security, all the things, maybe a few toys in the garage. I mean, whatever it is you're believing for. How do you work all that in? Because I can find a verse that says you can have all of it. And I can also find verses you can lose all of it. So how do we do this? Just by telling people I put God on top of the list. God's on top of my list. God's on top of my list. God's on top of my list. That should fix it. No. How do you determine whether God's on top of your list? Do you love Him? Do you obey Him? Do you cling to Him? Well, I don't know. Okay, then that's what we're here for. Love Him. Now, this word love might be a little different than what you might think. The word love here, the Hebrew word uh, for this one, is, uh, let's see, let me get it for you, ahab. A-H-A-B. Pretty simple, ahab. Ahab. You have to ahab him. Okay, so what does ahab mean? Well, it means to be a friend. Huh? Yeah. To associate. To make him as a dear companion. It talks of affection, attachment, and communion with. All right? So, to love him means to be a, be a friend. Okay? Now, it means to walk with him. Okay? Uh, the majority of your patriarchs of faith who have done anything, our heroes of faith that we go back and we look at the... the David's and the, and the Moses and Abraham, the word ha- they all have this in common. The word says somewhere in there that they walked with God. And all it means is to communicate, to converse, literally means small talk. So how much time do you spend with God? Well, you know, I got to have everything just right. What, just to talk? I mean, does everything have to be right? To talk to your friend at work? Your friend comes, hey, bud, what's happening? No, just wait, just wait. I got to get myself right. <laughs> Durst thou knowest that I am a th- you're a friend of? He's going to look at you and say, you're an idiot. <laughs> right? 
My friends would all call me an idiot if I did that to them. You say, well, they're not good friend then. Because a friend, I don't have to try to convince them I'm something I'm not. I just talk with them. We talk bikes. We talk things. Sometimes we get on the Word, talk the Word. Things God's showing them, things God's showing me. We talk, we fellowship, we commune. Amen. There's a, a bond, there's a friendship. Come on. Do you do that with God? Well, I don't see Him. Well, then how about spend a little time and you might be amazed at how He manifests Himself to you. But what happens is we have people that won't take any time and converse with God. Let me ask you something. Okay, now I know we have some folks that maybe, you know, socially um, struggle. I get it. I was kind of there myself at one time. And uh, still, there's still a few people that still think I am. <laughs> anyway, the point is, okay, I get, you know, not being able to socially, you know, necessarily be on the same plane with everybody. I get it. But I have found that the more you talk and commune and fellowship, it gets easier, gets easier, gets easier, and gets easier. Most of my time with God, nowadays, it's probably getting, I'm quieter and quieter because I'm learning I don't have to do all the talking. You know, it seems silly, doesn't it? The one that knows everything doesn't have a way to get into even in the conversation. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> anyway, so I've learned, you know, you got to have just as much time, if not more time, to listen to your friend, come on, as to discuss and talk and say. But you still have to have that back and forth. That has to happen. So he says, if you want, you want the key to life, it starts with conversing, befriending, being, amen, someone that communes and fellowships, amen, has some affection towards, amen, start loving God. Start communing with God. Start talking to God. And the thing that's coolest about this, it doesn't matter where you're at right now with your walk in God. I don't care if you just got saved or you've been saved for 40 years. Anybody can converse with God. We just don't have enough of it. Well, I just know as sure as you know what, man. I'll tell you what. If I, I start talking to a guy, he's going to say, move ye to Timbuktu. I ain't moving to Timbuktu. And I know as soon as I you know, get to talking, he's going to tell me I got to love that person when I don't want to love them. And I got to probably forgive everybody. I want to forgive everybody. Well, he might talk about these things, but he might also talk to you about other things. You know that thing you're struggling with there? I, here's, here's how you fix it. Here's what you do about that. Well, what do I do with Here's what you do. Well, you know that woman that you gave me? And she's over there going, that man that you gave me? Well, how about you two talk with God? You might, he might say, yep, I did give him to you and gave her to you. And here's how you do with it. Here's what you do. Stop being more of this and be more of this. Let go of that and hang on to this. Approach this, don't approach that. 
all kinds of things that God will talk to you about. You know that business? I'm still trying to make that thing work, trying to, what if, you know, just, just one word from God. Just, just one conversation with God, and he'll set that thing straight. You'll be amazed at what God will talk to you about. He's not always looking for you to snap in line, although it would be a good idea. Sometimes he just talks to you about things. So that in itself right there starts setting a stage for the key to life. The key to life now, amen, is by communing with him, fellowshipping with him. And if I do that, amen, I'm now giving a place for life, Zoe life now to flow through me into whatever situation or thing going on in my life. Because if anybody knows how it works, he does. If anybody knows how to fix it, he does. If anybody knows how it should be maintained, he does. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So it starts with loving God. <clears throat> then it's obey his voice. Because probably sometimes in the conversation, he might give you some insight. He might, he might actually talk to you about your words. He might talk to you about your attitude. Possibility of it. He may talk to you about that marriage thing. He might. You know, he might talk to you. You know, about, you know, what, what he expects of you as his child. He may give you an idea, insight about what to do, creative idea about ministry, about, you know, helping someone, whatever. But then we got to obey it. Because if he's really on the top of the list, you probably should follow it. What do you think? Now, In context, as I said, he's talking about the blessing and the curse. And if you go back and you read about it, the contingency on the blessing and the curse is following his voice. Hebrews brings out real clear, brings out a lot. He says, every day, you know, daily he's talking to you. Today, if you will hear his voice. Today, if you will hear his voice. Today, if you will hear his voice. Amen. Later on in Hebrews, he talks about, listen, don't think that what happened to them won't happen to you you got to hear His voice. The one from heaven is trying to communicate with you. Amen. Follow Him. Let Him lead you. Let Him direct you. Amen. Um, John 10 brings out, you know, His sheep, you know, know His voice, hear His voice, and follow his voice. So the contingency of not only the blessing and the curse is based on hearing and following. Abundant life is contingent on hearing and following. Come on. Come on, right? Um, earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, he talks about days like heaven on earth. 
Jesus himself said, you know, the model prayer, pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? But if you go back and you look at that in Deuteronomy, he brings out, he says, it's contingent on hearing and obeying, following. Well, see, that's just it, Pastor. I mean, there's so much stuff that, I mean, how do you know what God wants when you converse with God? You know, um, Trudy uh, uh, can actually, you know, talk to me in the middle of the night, and I'm going to know it's her. Somebody says, oh, you know, because Trudy don't go, hey, Jerry. And I go, oh, who are you? What are you doing in my bed? Get out of here. It's like, oh, no, that's Trudy's voice. Now, <laughs> if it wasn't, we might be having the other thing. But Trudy, I know her voice. Years ago, I got to learn her voice because we spent a lot of time on the phone. We even had that time in our life when we just sat there and breathed. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Goofy, isn't it? Did you do that with Kathy? Just went and picked her up. Well, I had to do that later. <laughs> Gosh, we would have had cell phones back then. <gasps> would have been dangerous. Anyway, we talked, 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 talked. So now, it's not hard picking Trudy's voice out from anybody else's voice. The point is, the more you talk and communicate, the more you learn the voice. The more you learn the voice, amen, the easier it is to hear Amen. You know his voice, you hear his voice, and you follow his voice. I think John 20, verse 27 here in John 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. But earlier on he says, And they know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Literally meaning voice of another. Why? Because they've learned my voice. Somebody said, Well, I don't know his voice. First off, you're a sheep, so you can learn a voice. Amen. You just got to spend time with him. If you don't know his voice because you're not spending time with him. That's how it comes. Now, um, who's coming back next week? All right. All right. Now, um, go back to Deuteronomy 30, and um, because uh, I think we'll cut it off right here, but um, uh, uh, verse 20, verse 20 again. Thank you, Kathy. Amen. So, love him, obey his voice, and then cling to him. Now, next week I want to talk about clinging to him, what it means to cling to God. Now, if these three things are in order, um, what it is, you're making him your life. And that's the key to life. If these things are working, you now have the key to life because you've made him your life. And so no, it's longer life happening to you, it's life happening through you. See, so now we begin to determine what begins to manifest around us because he's our life. Amen. All the other things come into order. Family situations, job situations, 
health issues, all those kind of things that try to press on you and dictate your life, the more you hang out with him, the more all that stuff snaps in line. And then pretty soon, there's always, you know, you know, why don't you stand up? Because I just want to go on and on on this. Do you know, somebody says, I, I've had people come to me, well, Pastor, I'd be there, but I ain't got time. Really? You don't have time? Well, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. Well, I, I guess. But you're, you're serving the one that redeems your time. And to him, time is no object. He's not moved by time. In fact, time will stand still for him. And all those things that you think you ain't got time for, when you make him your life, you now have the key to life. Which means now all of a sudden, amen, you're now connected to the one that controls time. So now you're thinking over here that's going to try to make life work. He's over here saying, you're really working yourself to the bone, don't have to. I can show you how to do that. I can fix that. That thing that normally would take six hours, I can have it done in six minutes. So it would pay to love him, to obey him, and to cling to him. Amen. We'll pick that up next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory and honor right now. We're thankful for your word, thankful for these principles. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for a people that have an ear to hear and a heart to receive today. Father, I give praise and glory that the good work that you began within each and every one of us, thank you that in you we live and we move and we have our being, that that good work that you began, you are finishing. We are going to fulfill our destiny. We are going to run our course. We are going to receive our prize. We are, praise God, going to fulfill everything that we're called to fulfill because we've made you our life. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.